Hello everyone, welcome to Parenting Grit, faith-filled real talk about parenting, the ups and the downs and everything in between. In this episode, Derek and I are talking about how to have a more peaceful transition from primary school into high school and we've got some tips for you. Thanks for joining us. Hello everyone, Genevieve here and Derek and we're doing another episode of Parenting Grit which is such a privilege that you join us in this parenting journey with yeah. all that's ups and downs Totally. and we're sitting here and we can't quite believe that we are going to have a second child finishing school. It's happened very quickly and uh, it sneaks up on you before you realise, there's no doubt. It really does. And I think high school actually goes faster than primary school and for our experience. It Absolutely. feels like that. Very much so. And so, yeah, we're only going to have one child next year in high school. But we're actually surrounded by a few people who've got children in year six who are going to be entering into high school next year. And we've had some people ask us some questions. So we've come up with five tips to a more peaceful transitioning to high school and our first one is to face the fears yours and theirs and I think we have to acknowledge as parents don't we that as much as you know we've survived the terrible twos as people like to call them there's a little bit of fear around the teenage years that are we going to be able to parent teenagers successfully it's a whole new level of learning for your kids and they're moving into a world where they have to become more independent because that's the nature of high school and so there's fears associated with that they don't get spoon fed quite as much in the latter years of high school and in the lower years of high school they they very much need to be learning those skills so that's where a lot of the fear for them comes from yeah i mean i remember that i even feared when i started high school just getting lost on campus and um, one of ours was a bit the same even though they were actually at the same school they were just moving from the primary school buildings to the high school buildings there was this fear of looking at the timetable not knowing where they were going those sorts of things I think, I think also if your kids are moving school and you're starting at a new school, yeah. having a, a, a good conversation with your kids about the fears that they've, they've got and the uncertainty that they have and mm. the idea of having to make new friends, it's um, having been through that experience myself and I know Genevieve has as well, Yes, it's a daunting thing to do. Easier for our children because they went, as Genevieve said, from primary to secondary in the same school. But if you are changing schools, I think it's really good that you sit and talk with them and help them to uh, identify what those fears will be and how they can best manage those. Yeah, and so talking through the fears, I think, is that first real tip about facing the fears. So as mum and dad, if you talk about the things that you're concerned about together for your children, you know, are they going to get bullied or are they going to be exposed to things like drugs or pornography or things that, you know, you really don't want for them, if you face those fears as a couple, and you talk them through and pray about them together. I think that's a great thing for mum and dad to do. And it will equip you as well to chat with your child who's entering high school about what their fears and expectations are. You know, you can ask them what they're looking forward to, what they're not looking forward to, and just opening up a conversation around that and then praying together. 
And the other thing about facing fears is sometimes you can diffuse some of those simply by seeking out some answers to some of your questions. So you can approach the school that you might be going to. They probably have a website. Um, sometimes they have things like an orientation day. You can even perhaps take a tour of the school to just diffuse some of those fears. So tip number one, face the fears head on and that will help start some conversations heading towards high school. Okay, so tip number two, to be involved. Yeah. And that may sound a little bit silly because, of course, you've all been involved with your children in primary school. But if you're anything like me, there can sometimes creep in this idea that once your kids are in high school, they're a bit more self-sufficient. I don't need to be as involved. <laughs> and nothing could be further from the truth yeah. from what our experience has revealed. Yeah. And there's actually research that backs that up, that actually the more involved you are with your children's schooling, with their teachers, with what's going on, the more successful they are. And so it's really important for your kids to see that you are still involved and that you're wanting to be involved mm. and that you're interested in their school life. And I think this becomes a much uh, easier thing to do, again, if your children are transferring from one school to another. I think it's natural for parents to step into that protective and supportive role to help their kids transition into that new environment. But I think some of the, the trap I fell into was the fact that our kids were going from a known entity in primary school with friends, moving into the high school with the same friends. However, there are a number of extra streams that start in the mm. high school. There are new new kids joining the school. There is a new dynamic going on and there's new friendship groups to be established. And so being involved with your kids, particularly in the, the first few years of high school, but I think throughout all of high school is really important. So parents, do the tour of the school. Yeah. And do it through the eyes of your kid. Mm. Be there for orientation and be involved in orientation and understand what orientation means and make sure that your children are well prepared for orientation day. Something that we continually learn and continually grapple with as parents is that understand the website that the school <laughs> operates under and understand how the online results and assessments things are communicated to the wider school community and students and it's really important that you get a handle on that to be able to manage and help your kids manage that process. It's also really important that you get to know the parents of your kids friends and you can do that by attending school events and hanging out with the parents after school and any opportunities that you get throughout the school year to make sure that you're building relationship with those parents. And that really helps your kids settle in and, and feel comfortable. And it is important because as much as your teenage years come along and kids want you to walk five paces behind them at the shops and they don't want you to come into their world as much, when you are a part of their world, when you know the other parents, it does help you to maintain some peaceful conversations. If they want to visit friends or go and hang out with friends, knowing the parents does help yep. and knowing what they stand for and what their values are as well can really help you out. Other ways to be involved, um, attending athletics, swim, swimming carnivals, attending athletics meets, school concerts. I think it's also very important that both parents attend parent-teacher nights. Yes. Because that's a really good way for your kids to understand that you're both interested in what's going on. Yeah. And also it enables you to get to know your kids' teachers and understand what they're finding as being good and bad or good and not so good, I should say, <laughs> attributes about your kids in class and where their strengths are. Yeah, and it's, I think it's sometimes it's amazing what children will present in a different environment. Sometimes you hear amazing things come back about your child, which you perhaps don't see as much of at home. 
And I would really recommend that you do go to the parent-teacher nights, even if your children are doing well, not just when there's problems, because it is so lovely for your child to sit and receive praise in front of their parents. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really affirming for your kids mm. and uh, really builds their self-esteem. So I would yeah. encourage that. So our third tip is to tackle technology. And we've already covered in previous episodes of Parenting Grit how to put the boundaries around technology, point you to those as a great resource for setting those things up. But this is more about, as parents, being on top of their technology. Starting with what does the school require your your children to have and making sure that they have that. And also knowing that perhaps that's going to change across their time in high school. Like our children started out with iPads, but it became quite evident fairly early on that they needed different technology as they got further along in their years of high school. So we then had to budget then for laptops instead, those kinds of things. So setting yourself some financial goals there as parents, making sure your children have what they need as far as your budget allows, and making sure that you and your child both understand the school systems for communication, for information, and for uploading assignments that you don't just think your kids will know all of that because when those stressful moments come, when you know that midnight deadline is there and they don't know how to upload their assignment, you want to be able to help. You don't want to be having arguments around that base. So the more you know as parents about how those things work, the better. Our school uses something called Sector and we can see on there how our children are tracking with grades, all their assessments are on there, the time frame for those. So we can help keep an eye on when things are due as well. So as parents, the more we stay on top of those things, the more peaceful that aspect of schooling will be. Totally. And also, you know, this this flows on into the next point, which is to do with time management, but based on the technology side of things, and that is don't leave um, uploading all the apps that your kids need for the night before school starts at the start of the school year. (laughs) Yes. Parents, can I suggest to you that it's a good thing for your kids' state of mental health not to do it on the last night. And I think also from a time management point of view, it's a really good thing for us to demonstrate to our kids that we're preparing early and well. Yes, that's great. So time management. Time management is something that I think for Genevieve and I have spent a lot of time ourselves, ironically, uh, working through how to best help our kids to manage their time Mm. in school. And time management is overarching our whole family. Yeah. And it requires everyone to be on the same page and it requires everyone pulling in the same direction to enable all the things that need to happen in a family life when you've got high, high schoolers to make sure that things are working smoothly. The first thing is of homework, diary and calendar. I think if the number of times that we've had um, near misses and probably in a couple of occasions failures in this regard, and that is the homework diary hasn't been monitored as closely as we might have liked mm. by our children. <laughs> and we have along the way have dropped the ball because of our own focuses and the busyness of life in family life. And so we've had a few late nights and we've had a few teary nights um, with our kids. But can I encourage you to make sure that you're across the homework schedule and the calendar that's before your kids. And if you do end up in a little bit of a hiccup in that regard, then be prepared as your kids' parents to be up late and to encourage them to get whatever they need to get done done to the best that they can. The other point under time management is get to school on time. This is 
um, if your kids ride to school or they make their own way to school, then facilitate that to make sure that they know the timetables and that they know how to get to school in a timely manner. Mm. But if you are driving your kids to school, then this point really is for the parents to take heed of. And that is our kids never enjoyed being late to school because of the agenda that we had as parents in the morning. Cleaning the pool or the pool filter or (laughs) washing out the coffee machine or whatever it is that you happen to think you need to do as a parent as part of the daily routine at the detriment of your children being to school on time never went well for our family. And I'd recommend you that putting things in place to make sure that those things can happen at another time, particularly as your kids get into the upper years of high school, they do not like being late Mm. for all of the reasons that they want to catch up with friends, they might need to speak to their teachers before class, there are numerous things that they need to do, get to their locker, those sorts of things. And uh, our kids never, ever yeah. enjoyed... So it's um, good to make it a priority. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay, the other point is understand and discuss assignments and assessments and when they are due. So this links back to the homework diary and the calendar. But to help your kids manage the time so that there's less of a rush. Yeah. We found that as our kids got into the higher levels of high school, they understood the time requirements around an assignment and they understood the time requirements relative to the number of assessment points that an an assignment was worth Mm. or the percentage of a term's mark that an assignment represented. And our kids didn't really understand that when they started year seven and eight. And so it's really important that you encourage and talk through those requirements with your kids in those earlier years and continue to have those conversations when they are in the higher levels as well. Yeah, and it can take quite a lot of time to learn time management. I think being patient and, you know, recognising that, you know, sometimes we ourselves as parents haven't completely nailed time management, but we can all work at this together and that we can be patient with them, that they are on a journey starting high school to ending high school and hopefully we'll see an improvement in that time. But, you know, we're not expecting perfection, we're just expecting a bit of effort. The other thing under time management that we found to be really useful is to always encourage your kids with homework after school. The hours can get very long in the upper levels of high school and even from uh, some of the lower year eight upwards, really. And so we always encourage our kids to tackle the most difficult things first Mm. and leaving the easier things for when they're tired. And that way they are able to feel like they've accomplished something even when they're getting tired before they go to bed. Yes. But those things that they're struggling with and those things they find the most difficult and the things they need to speak to you about always goes much, much easier when you do those earlier in the evening after school and not leave those until 10.30 at night. I'm not a night owl and my kids, particularly from year 10 onwards, I would say to them, if you want to ask me questions or help some help with assignments, please ask before 9.30 p.m. And they knew, and, and they've gotten much better at that. And we're often quoted as saying to our kids, I don't think this is a 10.30 p.m. conversation. How about we tackle this one in the morning? Yeah. And our kids know that's time then to, if they're staying up later than that, to continue study, then they know that it's time to move on to some easier stuff that they don't need to ask so much help, for, help mm-hmm. on. So as you're helping your kids, whether it be early in the evening or later into the evening, I think it's important for parents to be willing and understanding that it's time to do high school for a second or a third time or a fourth time, depending (laughs) on how many children you have. You did high school however many years ago and your kids need your help and you really need to get alongside them in those hours after school and to help them do the things they need to do. So you need there needs to be a willingness, I think, for parents to do high school again. Yeah. 
I think also in that, you know, don't feel overwhelmed. You can outsource as well. It takes, it truly takes a village. And, you know, in our family, one of our uncles used to be a maths teacher. So he's a great resource for maths. I used to teach English. So the kids come to me for those things. And so you find the person in your family who's the best at those things, or maybe it's a family friend that you can ask those curlier questions of. And that helps everybody stop panicking sometimes we've had to say let's just park that question and ask so and so about it so that I'm not feeling helpless and getting frustrated and neither is um, the child that we're talking to so very quickly some other aspects of time management would be for a a strong and robust after school routine Mm. that includes food um, (laughs) particularly if you have boys (laughs) no even our daughter was always hungry (laughs) work and homework And when we say that, our kids had part-time jobs during high school. And so managing that process and managing those time requirements in and amongst everything else they're doing. Sport and play. And it's really important, I think, that your kids start to build up a a resilience in those juggling of those aspects because that really becomes part of adult life in juggling all of those aspects of life. So getting a healthy um, balance between all of those things and encouraging your kids to put those things in place throughout the term. Another thing that we have encouraged our kids to do as part of time management is to reward themselves when they've achieved something in terms of their homework goals. Yeah. So that reward could be 10 minutes on the Xbox or it could be a chocolate bar that's pinned to the pin-up board above their desk or it could be in our circumstance sometimes our son has taken the dog for a walk and got outside and got a bit of exercise and a bit of sunshine or evening time outside, a bit of fresh air. Whatever it is, but encourage your kids to have those moments of reward and it's not just all work. So some of the other things that we found really helpful with time management is that in year 11s and 12, you have to have study as ability, a skill. And so talking to your year 7 and 8 children about study and revision as being separate and different to assignments and homework and starting that practice really early in high school, that you don't just do your assignment, you look over your work and make sure you've understood it, is really helpful for managing time in the later years. We set up a colour code system. Our kids coloured in their timetables, made a colour per subject, and then we would get them a notebook or a binder or a coloured pocket that they could put in their locker. And so when it was like time to change classes, they would have a colour in mind and they could quickly grab those things out rather than having to read through, you know, which books which in their locker. And we looked at a very broad sense of um, across the term, what was that going to look like? Where are we going to do our extracurricular activities? Where are we going to rest, sleep? And we got our kids on board with planning those things. So our son... Uh, for year 12 actually dropped one of his basketball teams because he had two basketball teams he also dropped a shift at work to make more space for time and study so but that that was something he agreed with he thought that was very fair and we've always done that had that discussion of okay where are we going to fit everything in our life and it helps each child recognize that they're part of a bigger family it's not all about them and so we can't all do all the things all the time Planning of holidays also becomes a little bit different as your kids get um, a little bit older in that um, getting them to understand that you are as a family planning to go away and that you are planning a holiday. Um, Often times we've had conversations with our kids where they've not realised that that's what the plan was 
and that's caused a few um, issues with regards to their part-time jobs or the catch-up that they had planned with their friends (laughs) or other things that they had planned to do with their friends over the holidays. And so um, it sounds a little crazy, but um, it's really helpful for your kids to understand what the bigger family agenda is with regards to end of term and the school breaks as much as it is during term time. And that leads really well into our final tip about culture and community. In the primary school years, family culture and family time is the biggest amount of time that your kids spend. And then as they transition into high school, the pool of friends and the importance of friends and the friendship peer group and the culture of friends calls more loudly to our children than perhaps our family does. And so this is not the time to back away from those things like having family holidays, spending one-on-one time with each child and leaving our children to their own devices thinking that they are more mature now and they can cope. This is actually a time for us to strengthen family culture. And again, we've covered family culture and how to set that in some previous episodes on Parenting Grip. But Transitioning into high school, our kids, it is a little bit of a vulnerable time and they need to know who they are, they need to know where they come from and the values that we have and that we still expect those from them. And so we want to become a loud voice that is inclusive of their friends. So invite friends over. We would really encourage families to, you know, look at how your family home is set up And if possible, you know, make space where teenagers can hang out. We deliberately bought our boys one Christmas uh, table tennis table and that has become sort of almost like the the centre. Yeah, we put it in the garage. We've got a little outdoor sofa in there and their friends can come and hang out down there. It's, It's a separate space, feels kind of cool and not overly watched over but it's still part of our home and we are still aware of who's coming and going and and who our kids friends are we have allowed our kids if they've needed to to throw us under the bus if someone has invited them to something that they don't want to go to we are really happy for them to say oh no mum and dad have planned something for that day now sometimes that plan then is simply family time together So they're not lying to their friends, but they have put us in that place of just as that buffer between an invitation to something that they might not want to go to, gives them some safe and secure sort of space in that culture and community. Yeah, it's really important to give them that opportunity to be able to say no without uh, feeling like they're going to be ostracised from their friendship group. Yes. And to let you as parents be the scapegoat is, is a good way to allow that to occur. So communication is key. We really see that in this transition from primary school to high school, that keeping those lines of communication with our kids is so important. And there's such a shift in this time developmentally from face-to-face direct parenting where we are the authority and we say what, what goes to a more getting alongside style of parenting where we are there to cheer them on and we include our kids more. We, we ask for their opinions. We ask for their yep. input. And it's really important to allow that shift to happen. And when your first child is going to high school, it's actually sort of a rite of passage and a bit of a privilege for that child 
to be allowed into that more sort of adult communication and planning space in the family. And then the others see, the ones that are still in primary school, that, ah, oh, that's a privilege of growing up, that you get to be, be in, that, in that space. So it's really good and it's encouraging for your kids when you ask for their opinions on things, ask for their input into plans yep. and, and family time. And we also get to encourage our kids when we see them carrying our family values into their friendships and into their approach to their education. And we get to really cheer them on in that. And it helps them to transition more peacefully from primary school into high school and becoming young adults. So we hope that these tips, facing the fears, being involved in schooling, tackling that technology space, time management and creating that beautiful culture and community that stands firm in your values but embraces the new season. We hope that these are helpful tips for you guys with kids transitioning into high school. Thanks so much for listening today to Parenting Grit Podcast and we'll be back in two weeks' time with our final episode in this first series of Parenting Grit. Thanks for being a part of our Parenting Grit community.